Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our president and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with retired Colonel Jeff Cantor, founder and CEO of the New Jersey State Veterans Chamber of Commerce, to discuss challenges facing veteran-owned businesses, state programs designed to support veteran-owned businesses, and things veterans should be considering when deciding to start their own business. Thanks, John. Thank you, Jeff, for being here with us. Before we dive into the discussion, can you tell us a little bit about your time in the service and how you came to found the Veterans Chamber of Commerce and what the mission is of the Chamber of Commerce? Absolutely, Mike, and thank you for having me. Uh, really appreciate being here with you today. So the uh, my time in the military was one that I uh, admire. Um, I, I had the luxury of serving our great nation, and it was my privilege to be a part of uh, a service member uh, for 32 years. I got to deploy all over the world. I've been in 63 countries on six continents. I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan and uh, had some really, really amazing experiences uh, all over the world. And uh, I'm, I'm blessed that I'm a better person for it. So the Veterans Chamber of Commerce came about because when, when I got back and I retired from the military, I noticed that there was really no support for veteran entrepreneurs here in the state of New Jersey. And there was no way forward from an economic development, development standpoint for veterans. And what we wanted to do is create a way originally through the state to try and facilitate getting a lot of this economic development going for veterans, but the state wasn't set up at that point to, to do that. So we decided to form the Veterans Chamber of Commerce and uh, we got some traction with the state and we're able to make a lot of things happen, uh, both with the governor's office, with uh, lawmakers, with different departments across the state uh, to try and um, make the economic pie a little bit fairer for the veterans and military community. That's great. You know, it's 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 so important that you did that, and and uh, you know, thank you so much for your service. It's it's uh, it's really really important that people step up and serve the country and uh, I, I will say you know personally it's one of the greatest failures in my life is to not be in the service so uh, I know people that, that know me have I, I've explained that to them but uh, thank you thank you very much thank um, you. so in May you released a report that ranked New Jersey 49th out of 50 states with regard to supporting veterans owned and service disabled veteran owned businesses why do you think that is, and what steps do you think are needed at the state level to improve that level of support? Yeah, it's a great question. So there are a number of issues affecting veteran entrepreneurship and veteran businesses here in the state of New Jersey, and we're really disadvantaged when you look at other states. And I'll give you for, ex for instance here. Um, back in 2015, the state of New Jersey adopted a law that stated that 3% of all state contracts are gonna be set aside for disabled veteran-owned businesses. So the law you know, came into public law in 2015, and for the past seven years, the state has not effectively enforced the law. So you have two out of 72 state agencies with procurement power that are actually enforcing this law. And they're not following the rules and regulations where they're supposed to report how much they spend with disabled veteran-owned businesses. They don't do that. They're supposed to publish uh, not only their percentage and dollar spends, but also their goal and how they plan to reach their SDVOB mandates. 
And to, to date, the state has, no agency in the state has done that. And so we've been talking to Treasury, we've been talking to the governor's office, we're trying to get them to enforce this uh, universally across all 72 state agencies and, and departments. Uh, so we're hopeful that we'll get a, a positive resolution in the future. Um, and there's, there's a number of other things, right? So oftentimes veteran business owners are disadvantaged uh, because you know, whether or not they have access to capital or whether they have networks built or whether they know people to help them start a business. And the interesting thing is we're not considered a disadvantaged business enterprise. We're not in the federal definition, nor are we in the state definition. So oftentimes when money comes down from the federal government, veterans are shut out of those uh, opportunities for contracts because where you don't fit. Right now it's mostly minority, it's race and, and gender based. Um, and so what we're trying to do here in the state, there's legislation being presented uh, recently, this, this legislative uh, period, where uh, veterans will be included, disabled veterans will be included in the uh, s social and economically disadvantaged business definition, which would open a lot of doors for veteran entrepreneurs. And, and by, by doing so, if, if that legislation um, passes, um, what, what is it, it's going to include them in that list, but if the, the reporting isn't done for the bill that was, the law that was signed, you know, some seven years ago, what does that really functionally mean? So, you know what, we really need a, a two-pronged approach to, to accomplish this. Number one is we need the state to enforce the 3% set-aside law. And we also need them to add disabled veterans into the SED definition. And I'll give you a for instance there too. So the recent law, the uh, infrastructure law that was signed by the president that allotted $1.5 trillion for infrastructure repairs of which New Jersey plans to, to get over $150 billion worth of infrastructure funding. Right now, veteran businesses are shut out of all those contracting opportunities because there's only a 10% SED or socially and economically disadvantaged business goal. So what happens when the money rolls down and these big prime uh, contractors get these contracts, they're gonna look for SED businesses to sub work out to. Well, disabled veteran and veterans are not in that definition. So we lose out on all those contracting opportunities. So by putting us in the SED goal and by enforcing the law that's been on the books now for seven years, Years, we really have a fighting chance, a, a, a fairer economic picture for veteran business owners, and that's what we're hoping for. Well, I think uh, I, I, I hope you get that. I hope uh, I hope the, the bill that you referenced is signed into law. And um, you know, I think unfortunately, um, in government, in my time in government, you know, there's always the issue of the lack of follow through, and uh, it's it's a tremendous problem for for all different folks that are affected by the government, but you would think that, um, you know, veterans would sit at the top of that list of folks that, that you know, we should, we should be making sure that, that our, our efforts are made there, and um, I'm sorry to see that it's not. Um, financial insecurity and access to capital um, are, are two major obstacles to launching any business. Tell me, tell me about um, what the Chamber is doing to address these issues, particularly for veteran businesses? Sure, so there was a study that came out uh, between the Federal Reserve Bank and the Small Business Administration. It came out in 2018. It's called Financing Their Future, Veteran Entrepreneurs and Capital Access. 
<clears throat> and essentially what this study found was that veterans truly are disadvantaged economically, especially as it relates to gaining access to capital. So uh, in one of the specifics, whether it's a large bank, a small bank, or an online lender, or a private lender, uh, veteran businesses, as compared to non-veteran businesses, uh, have a lower ability to get access to capital. In fact, they said that uh, it was approximately 10% lower than those non-veteran owned businesses across the boards. And there's a couple of reasons for that, right? So insufficient credit history, insufficient collateral, too much debt, uh, or, or low credit score. What's interesting, if you think about a service member, right? Every three years, you know, they're stationed somewhere and they, they rotate to a different duty location or they're deployed somewhere. So oftentimes, your housing is, is supported, is given to you. You have a basic allowance for housing. Uh, so there might not be a need to purchase a home because every couple of years you're moving and the military gives you funding to provide you, you know, your rent and, and stuff like that and uh, basic allowance for quarters. Uh, the same thing holds true with credit cards. So oftentimes um, a lot of veterans n don't necessarily run up a lot of debt or don't pay off the debt uh, as, as opposed to their non-veteran counterparts. So they don't have a sufficient credit history because, you know, food is provided for them. You know, clothing is provided for them, housing is provided for them, healthcare is provided for them. So they don't have the opportunity to really build a sufficient credit history, right? So if you take those two factors, the lack of collateral and insufficient credit history, oftentimes when a veteran goes, starts a business and goes to apply for a loan at any bank, the bank's gonna look at that, right? They're, look, they're gonna look at their credit score, they're gonna look at what type of collateral they're putting down, and they're gonna see that they don't cut the mustard. So that's one of the things that we're trying to work with the banking industry here in New Jersey is say, okay, we recognize the fact that veterans ha may have a lower credit score. We recognize the fact that they're not willing or, or don't have the ability to put up a house as collateral or have some other business asset that they could put up as collateral. So banks, please recognize that and, and take a look to see what else can we do to secure a loan for them. And one of the things that we're looking to do, for example, is with the Economic Development Authority, right? What we want them to do is create a fund, and, and what we're recommending is a $10 million fund through EDA that will say, okay, X company that's a disabled veteran-owned company, if you secure a state contract, you can use a state contract as collateral for that. Get the loan from EDA to, at, a, at a low uh, interest rate, and buy supplies, make payroll, buy equipment that's needed for that project and that contract, and then pay back the loan through you know any type of profitability on that contract. So that's what we're looking to do. We're also looking to work with banks to try and get them to, to have that same mindset. It's like, okay, what can we do? We recognize that they're disadvantaged. What can we do to try and secure them a loan for their business? That's great. I mean, it, it seems like to me, you know the 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 first issue of of adequate collateral um you know may maybe something um at the federal level of you know just paying our service members more um you know i know i know there's constant issues with recruitment and um you know as as we we deal with those issues and and uh you know i know i know there's continually um reducing there's there's the continual reduction of standards of entry to the services, 
you know, maybe maybe we just have to look at, at a, a free market answer to that and pay folks more so that it's more viable for people to do it and, uh, and you would see that. I mean, I, I also understand the desire to serve and that that desire uh, for a lot of people outweighs the pay. But, um, you know, there, there are certain solutions to this and uh, we've, we've thrown around, you know, trillions of dollars for a lot of things, and uh, you know, maybe maybe this should be something that we should uh, we should take a look at. Now, on the banking side of it, um, I think one of the one of the key um, issues is the fact that banking regulators want to see collateral, and it's it's a uh, you know it, it it may not be, and it's more of an issue of how do you answer to the regulator than how do you make the loan. So. Um, you know that may be something that that certainly we would look to work with you on, but I think it's also something that that um, you know larger groups, larger than yours, may want to approach, uh, whether it's federal federal regulatory authorities or the Department of Banking and Insurance, and say, look, there are certain loans out there that you should look at differently for very specific reasons. Um, I, I could, I I would assume that if regulators looked at these loans differently and that you weren't, they, they were not scrutinized for uh, certain collateral requirements that uh, banks would certainly make them. Um, but but back, to, back to this issue of access to capital, you recently held an event um, that some of our bank members participated in. How have these educational programs assisted your chamber but really your members, the, the veterans, as well as the banks, um, in understanding what's, what, what the issues are and uh, what programming do you have to move forward? Sure, so I have to say, the banks in New Jersey have been absolutely outstanding to work with. They all recognize the fact that veterans, for the most part, are disadvantaged, and they're, they're trying to help create a way forward uh, for, for veteran entrepreneurs. And I will, you know, I, the banks here in New Jersey have done so much to help us. I know, um, i just give you a for instance, TD Bank has really stepped up to provide funding to support access to capital events, um, disabled veteran business summits, um, and, and that's not the only one, you know, Valley National Bank, uh, PNC, uh, th there's so many banks that, that have stepped up uh, to really uh, help out the veterans community. And one of the things, BCB Bank is another one that comes to mind. Uh, one of the things that we continue to do with the banking industry is ways to really help veterans understand entrepreneurship and ways to improve their ability to get some of these loans. So things we can do together. Um, banks can come in and host a networking event for the Veterans Chamber, and whether it's uh, North, Central, or South Jersey, they can come in. You know, we could talk about you know individual businesses that may need a loan and have the banks there on hand talk to them about you know what it's going to take. The other thing we're doing was we're building a Veterans Portal. And with this Veterans Portal, we're trying to uh, create a library of courses that veterans can take on demand that will help them in their uh, ability to gain traction and build skill sets as, as an entrepreneur. So uh, understanding how to improve your credit score, um, really reviewing your business plan and how to make it more efficient and better and, and make you more competitive to getting a loan. Uh, other things, how to read a P&L statement, stuff like that, because there are various degrees of 
skill sets in the veterans community. So we want to make sure that we're covering all our bases here. So we're going to be recording a lot of these classes in the near future, come the new year, and we'd love to have the, the banks uh, on board for that to help un, you know educate the veteran entrepreneurs and, and how to succeed in business. Well, you let me know and we'll, we'll see what can be done there. Awesome. Um, certainly is something that I'd be interested in helping you with. Um, our charitable foundation, New Jersey Bankers Charitable Foundation, supports entrepreneurial veterans programs at many universities in New Jersey. Um, how closely do you work with uh, these schools to help address some of these challenges? Yeah, so we've worked with some of the schools in the past. I mean, it's been great. I know that there's a Veterans Launching Ventures uh, program that's going on at FDU. There's stuff at Felician University, there's stuff at Rutgers Business School that we do. So there's, there's a ton of collaboration that we do with these institutions of higher learning because ultimately it builds skill sets. And, and I'll give you, for instance, Rutgers Business School uh, hosted our last Access to Capital event where we had uh, banks, both large and small, CDFIs, and private lenders there, VC, angel investors, to talk about what they look for in giving capital to, to veteran businesses. So it was a really successful event, and um, we want to continue to do that and continue to collaborate because no one institution can do this alone. It, it takes a, a whole community to really help move the needle forward, and that's what we're here to do. So so what message would you have to somebody just coming out of, out of the service um, that would like to start a business. What do you What do you tell them? What What's What are your first steps? So the first thing we do is, you know, have you taken any courses to really understand what it means to be a business owner, an entrepreneur, and a do you have the skill sets to understand what's coming down the 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 pathway towards you? I'll give you, for instance, too, uh, understanding bonding, understanding insurance. All that stuff came as a huge surprise uh, to, to both me as a business owner and many of our uh, veteran entrepreneurs. There's so many different aspects about certifications, about you know how to set up your business, either as an LLC, a C-Corp, S-Corp. There's a lot of different things. So what we're trying to do, is, especially on this portal, is to create a way forward where veterans, as they transition out of the military and take that next a step towards the next chapter in their life, that there'll be an educational piece to this. Uh, and we ask that banks come forward, work with the Veterans Chamber, put some of these things together, because ultimately, the more successful that these companies are, as they scale up, they're gonna need money to scale up. So there's, there's incentive for all these banks to be uh, a partner in working with veteran entrepreneurs. So we hope that we can continue our working relationships with a lot of these banks and, and grow it from there. Well, we really appreciate you coming on and speaking to us, but on behalf of, of you know, our 87,000 employees and, and some 65 banks, we more appreciate your service and the service that, that all of your folks have, have rendered to both the state of New Jersey as well as to our nation. It's really, really important. So I'd like to thank my guest, Jeff Cantor, founder and CEO of New Jersey Veterans Chamber of Commerce, and for the New Jersey Banker Podcast, I'm Mike Afuso. Mike, thank you so much.